Today's Gospel reading is from John chapter 20, verses 19 through 31. Listen to the Word of God. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands inside. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and he said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now, Thomas called Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe it. A week later, the disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in His name. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the Word of God remains forever. Our reading this morning from the Gospel of John is the traditional text for the Sunday following Easter. It continues to track the events of the day of resurrection after the women discovered that the stone had been rolled away. We commonly remember it and refer to it as the story of Doubting Thomas. It would be logical then to expect a sermon on Thomas and his unbelief and how that relates to us in today's world and how we are probably not much different. Because we, like Thomas, have not seen the nail-scarred hands in person. That would be the predicted path of the sermon, but... There are other things that we can learn and consider with respect to this reading. If you were asked when you came in this morning what today is, what would you say? Most of our responses would probably be the Sunday after Easter. That is not an incorrect answer based on our standard method of counting days and weeks. But did you know that according to our liturgical calendar, that is incorrect? As with Christmas, Easter refers not only to a single day, but a whole season of celebration in the Christian year. The season of Easter spans the 50 days between the resurrection of the Lord and the day of Pentecost. So while we might refer to today as the Sunday after Easter, it is really the second Sunday of Easter. But what does that really mean? Is is there not that much of a difference? Think about the weeks leading up to Easter Sunday. 
It started with Ash Wednesday, the beginning of Lent. Later, we had a Lenten soup supper during this time. We moved through the season, reached Palm Sunday, the start of Holy Week. After that, we had Monday, Thursday, and Good Friday services. And then last Sunday, we had a sunrise service with breakfast afterwards, and later in the morning, a wonderful Easter service with music, preaching, and communion. We enjoyed the company of family and friends and perhaps had a nice Easter meal to end the day. During that time, the choir rehearsed anthems, Tony prepared sermons, you prepared food, and we all participated in the events and services leading up to last Sunday. Now, that was a lot of activities over the course of the 40 days. But now that Easter has come and gone, now what? We are all probably tired. We may need a break. We may need rest. We may want to take time off. And that is not a bad thing. Rest is good, and we do need it. We just should not lapse into inactivity. With the lead-up to Easter completed, is it back to business as usual? Is it not like the weeks leading up to Christmas, which now seems to start shortly after Labor Day? After all the festivities, do we have the tendency to relax and rest up from the holidays? That would seem to be the case with both Christmas and Easter. Today is historically the smallest attended church service of the year. Churches just do not see the same number of worshipers today that they do on other Sundays. And certainly not like Easter Sunday or Christmas Eve. Why is that? Is it because we are too tired and need a break? What, do we just go back to normal thinking that Easter is a single day? not a season? Look at the actions of the disciples from our scripture reading today. This passage occurs on the same day that Jesus appeared to Mary at the tomb. It was still Resurrection Sunday in the evening late in the day. Where were the disciples? They were huddled up in a room behind closed locked doors. The scripture says that they were there for fear of the Jews. Maybe they feared that their lives were in jeopardy because of what had happened to Jesus. Maybe they thought they were next. Or maybe they did not really believe what Mary had told them earlier in the day, that Jesus had risen and had appeared to her. Since they were not eyewitnesses at that time, they may have had doubts. They may have even been afraid of facing Jesus. How would he respond to them? They had run away from him in the hour of his greatest need. And could Peter face the one whom he had denied three times? It is in this dark time that Jesus comes to them. The doors were locked. But Jesus appears to them. There are people who have said that he was with them all the time, 
but He revealed Himself in a way that they could see Him. Spiritually, He had been there, but now He showed His resurrected body to them. As mentioned, this passage has been referred to as the Doubting Thomas story. Thomas, as we know, was not present with them in the room. So when Jesus does appear to them, he did not witness it as the others did. After hearing their story, he makes his familiar comments about not believing until he sees the nail-scarred hands inside. But what about the other disciples? Did their actions not indicate that they doubted as well? The same day that they hear the good news, they are hidden away in a room. Their actions would indicate that they had doubts as well. The first thing Jesus says to them is, Peace be with you. He says it twice. As we said, the disciples may have wondered how Jesus would react because they had deserted Him. Would He chastise them? No, instead, He does not even mention their desertion. They had walked away from Him, but they opened their eyes and saw Him standing before them, offering them peace. Probably all of us have been deserted or wronged at various times in our lives. When we face those who have wronged us, even if they apologize, the last thing that we probably want to say is, peace be with you. But with Jesus, it was the most natural thing to do. Now let us fast forward to a week later. The disciples were in the house again. The doors were again shut. Jesus appears to them again and reveals himself to Thomas, who is with them this time. And he grants Thomas the very things that he stated he would need to see to believe. One question we might ask here is, what did they do during the week between Jesus' appearances? The prior week, Jesus had breathed the Holy Spirit on them and told them to go forth spreading the good news, saying, I send you. Did they? We do not know, but it appears they did not immediately. Did they hang around waiting for more instructions? Were they still in shock? Were they still afraid of the Jewish leadership? And their fear caused them to remain, remain behind closed doors. How could this be? They had seen the risen Jesus. They should be out telling the story to all who would listen, right? But before we judge their actions, or lack thereof, should we not look at our own? Are we living as an Easter people? Or are we like the disciples and locked in our room? Now that Easter is over, are we back to normal? Unfortunately, the answer may be the latter. There is evidence in recent history that causes us to wonder whether we have believed John's testimony that the risen Christ sends us beyond our closed and locked doors. In 1999, Auburn Theological Seminary published a paper on religious leadership based on a study that it did. 
One of its chief findings was that communities have little awareness of any contribution or engagement by local churches in local communities. Additionally, no mainline Protestant ministers or seminary heads were on the must-call list of community members concerning important civic matters. How could that be? Don't churches help people whenever they can? In time of need, don't people automatically look to churches and church leadership? The results of this study indicate that it is clear that many churches are staying safely behind closed doors, much like the disciples. They appear afraid to venture out, staying safely in their comfort zone around people they are familiar with. The sad news is that there appears to be little evidence that indicate that much has changed since this study was completed in 1999. Now, this study was conducted in larger cities, but what about locally? Do, do, we, do we do all we can in our community? Are we out there helping wherever we can? Yes, we support several projects and charities in our community. But is it, it is, is it enough? Are we living the message of Easter? Or are we content to just meet here with familiar surroundings and familiar people? That is a question we should not ask just this week, but every day and week of the year. Did you look around today on your drive here? Spring is all around us. The trees are budding. The wind is blowing. There is new growth and renewed hope. The dark, chilly days of winter are behind us, both in the change in the seasons and the promise of Easter, which we have just celebrated. We serve a risen Savior. This is good news to share. Let us share it. We may not have the benefit of being first-hand witnesses like the disciples, but as Jesus said in his final passage of the Scripture, blessed are those who have not seen and have yet come to believe. After our rest, let us go forward with renewed strength and hope, assisting others where we can, not staying safely behind our closed doors. Jesus gives us peace and reveals himself to us, but he also sends us a task to do. He is sending us out as he was sent by his Father. That makes this a special moment. Remember when you were first given the keys to the car for the first time. You were taught how to drive. You now have your license. And now you are sent out to drive by yourselves. Your parents entrust the car to you. In the same way, Jesus entrusts the gospel to us. Today is the second Sunday of Easter. Let us not go back to normal, but instead, let us live the promise as an Easter people. Amen.